Hey there, this is the Let's Make It Awkward podcast, where we unpack all those awkward in-between moments of being a young adult. So tune in to hear from the dynamic besties as we unpack everything you've probably been thinking about and more. Enjoy! Welcome back to Let's Make It Awkward podcast. We're always so glad for you all to join us in our conversation. And it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't start it off by talking about how spicy we're feeling. Ow, ow. Ow, ow. So (laughs) we'll get it started with Chelsea. How spicy are you feeling today? Oh, I feel like I'm like ghost pepper level today because currently at the beach I'm living my best life thriving some would say um I didn't know that a walk could be so enjoyable until I came to the beach um and I don't know I just I feel like this is a little slice of heaven so I'm really having a great weekend but I think my only downfall is that I'm currently sitting in like a basement in my grandparents' beach house um, recording this podcast and I can't see your lovely faces because I had to call in because of Wi-Fi. But who needs Wi-Fi at the beach? She said it, ladies and gentlemen. She's living her best life. She's found a piece of heaven on this earth. Can't take that away from you. <laughs> Not even having zero Wi-Fi can slow Chelsea Thomas down. And I think that that just shows the resilience that you, that you embody. Um, I, Lainey Allspa, would, if I'm, if I'm talking about my spicy meter, you know, I'm not someone who I think could ever be like ghost pepper spicy, simply based (laughs) off of the fact of um, my spice tolerance is nowhere near there. Um, but I do think that I'm, I'm veering onto extra spicy today. Somehow I have been very restful lately. Um, met some nice new people recently. Lexi's giving mm. me some. Wait, wait. Lady <laughs> doesn't meet people, yo. So who are these <laughs> folks? <laughs> No, I mean, if, if they deserve to be spoken of one day, maybe they will. But right now, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Right now, okay. ladies and gentlemen, I am on the seat. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yes, I am with you in shock factor. You are not alone. Just wanted to let you know that, that yes, I will also be patiently waiting for her to drop the secret album. Yeah, okay. But yes, yeah, she did just bait <laughs> all of us like that. You're welcome. I mean, it's just edge of seat, cliffhanger, experience the thrill of life. All right. That's what I'm here to do. Um, But I was going to say more than either of those things. The weather has been impeccable here in North Carolina lately. And we went through a a stretch of having like really gloomy days. And now we've had only sun, like 60, 70 degrees, that feels very ideal, very idyllic. And I, I, we, I kept on seeing all of these things on Instagram that were like, I forgot how much seasonal effectiveness disorder affected me until the sun, sun came out. And I was like, where's this burst of energy that I never knew I had? And so maybe that's one of the reasons that I'm like, I may have only gotten like six or seven hours of sleep last night because I did not realize that the clocks went forward. But here I am. Sun is up. So am I. Wow. How do you follow that? I'm still, I have so many questions. I know the listeners do too. (laughs) One day, one day we'll get the answers. Wow. Um, Yes, I am. I don't think I have the ability to be extra spicy these days, Um, but we're feeling pretty spicy. I feel like everybody in every meeting I was in this week, I don't think there was one that somebody didn't mention the weather in North Carolina. And mm-hmm. which, if anybody knows, this is like the one thing that I think is very quirky about North Carolinians is they be acting surprised when seasons happen as if they don't live in a four season state. So they're like, 
This is spring, y'all. This is the sun, y'all. Look at the flowers, y'all. And I'm like, wait, but y'all know this happens every year. This is like, and then they do the same thing when like, do you know fall's coming? Do you know fall is coming? Then fall comes and they're like, that was overrated. And then they're like, but it's fine. I love winter. And then winter comes and they're like, if it snows, we're closing everything. <laughs> so anyway, I love that that's happening because I'm like, this is such a great welcome for my grand return, which I will be returning back to the great state and art my home of North Cax. Uh, this week which I'm super pumped about I think because I know I'm coming back to spring and I don't feel like I have to like um sit in the house all day for the winter time so I'm super pumped um so see you soon Chelsea wow I feel like it's officially official because now people know like it (laughs) is on record it's recorded there's no going back I got a verbal commitment so I mean, I don't know if my spice meter can go up anymore, but it might have. All the good news today. All the good news. But on that note, you know, so um, today's topic, and we're super excited to talk about this one because we feel like it's, it's relevant, it's complex, it's something that we should talk about more, um, is it's obviously March, and we're like in March, we're in the middle of March. Um, and it's Women's History Month, and there's so many great things that come out of taking time uh, to just tell her stories. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, ooh. And um, just talk about the experience of being a woman, good, bad, and everything in between. So with that, um, we felt like what comes from that is just so much of advocating for yourself and navigating relationships and how you show up in spaces as a woman but Chelsea Laney how do y'all feel about Women's History Month like what what about it um, is special or important to you that is a good question I feel like that's that's a big question um I think with a lot of months or things like this I feel like yes it's important to like take this time or like designate this time to have conversations like this but I feel like it's even more powerful when they're continued across like we don't just need to have a month to talk about women's stories and history and talk about empowering other women so I don't know I think sometimes I do get a little frustrated with things like this where I'm like it just seems like it's an uptick of these conversations and then they slowly fizzle out throughout like the next couple months or weeks um but I do I guess it's a both and like I do feel like it's really important to hold space for these kinds of conversations um and I think as a woman who is like I think maybe throughout college and post-college growing into a more empowered version of myself and learning how to advocate for myself and tell my stories and be vulnerable and like appreciate where I've been and where I'm going. Um, I guess I'm excited to start having these conversations. I agree. I think it, I think it is that both and that we love to talk about that it's wonderful And I think necessary to provide space for people to have these conversations and to tell their stories. And I do think for a long time there, and still to this day, like there's a pattern of women feeling like their voices aren't important. And so even having like Women's Empowerment Day or having um, a month where there is an uptick it's important to have that in a lot of ways, because I think if we were not to have that, then a lot of these conversations, a lot of these stories would not be happening or being told. However, Charles makes a good point where people, and I think that this applies to every single like issue in this world that it can't just be sanctioned off to whatever time feels most like pivotal for 
that period of time, like it has to outlast and be sustained throughout everything. And so I think that it's important, something like Women's History Month is really important, but it also comes with the idea where it's like, yes, elevate women, give them these platforms. However, don't allow it to end on April 1st. Yeah, that's real. And I think, you know, so many, there are so many subsets of culture that get a month and kind of feel that same, like, dang, you can't talk about your month after that month. (laughs) But I, I love that it's an opportunity to just love on people and just kind of give that moment or token of appreciation. I may not, you know, I may not be the first one to post on social media, like all the women in my life, but like I stand, stand for the women, like the shoulders that I stand on the giants, like if, and I know it's always complicated for many, but like love my mother, like love the women who have like just groomed me to be who I am. So if it's just like an, a, a conscious awareness of, of that for the month, then I feel like it at least is a practice to help us figure out like what's sitting in that just admiration for each other and seeing that like, dang, like we're out here, out here. Um, it gives us an opportunity to like figure out how we weave those moments of gratitude into the rest of the 11 months of the year um, besides that. So it is, it's, it's, it's a both end. We, we always can hang our hat on that. <laughs> well, and I, I do think that there's an element too where like lately I have not been wanting to go on Instagram just because I feel like I don't really get much from it. And if I want to know what you're up to, I'll ask. And, <laughs> and I don't need to see your stories. I think it's like a nice added benefit to life. But in moments like these, I do think that I have been going on Instagram more because there's more for me to gain from it where I'm not leaving feeling like my energy was just sucked dry because I was like watching all of these random things or comparing myself to other people. But instead I saw quotes or stories or watch people's videos um, of women like sticking up for themselves and advocating for just them as human beings. And inevitably that leaves me wanting to do the same for myself and empowering other people to do the same. Yeah, and let's talk about it. Cause you know, we are, this is a different type of let's make it awkward because this is one of more of those crunchy things that happen in life where it definitely is, can be awkward at times and we'll kind of share all experiences from where we feel like we've had to advocate for ourselves in, in different spheres. But I feel like let's talk about all the things that are kind of happening in the news that we're having to metabolize and kind of uh, filter through like the multiple lenses that we all hold in like our day to day because it impacts different people, which we see from just like the various hashtags that have come from these moments. Mm-hmm. But um, how, how, how is, you know, what's happening in the news? What's, what's a story that's kind of been hitting home for y'all? For me, there have been a number, um, but I would say that the one that clearly caught a storm within, I would say, I don't know, every single person and their mother in the world was Meghan Markle and her interview on, well, her and Prince Harry's interview on Oprah. <laughs> did you watch it? I did. <laughs> I watched the full hour and a half. Yep. Um, I teared up multiple times. I couldn't get over her bravery for coming onto a platform, having no idea what the questions were going to be, really what she was going to say. I will continue to say, I think that she she came out of the womb media trained because somehow she just knows the right thing to say and the right way to say it. And some people may be offended by what she has to say, which we have seen, Piers Morgan, but I don't think that that has anything to do with who she is or what she said in reality. Um, but like Meghan Markle advocated for herself. She advocated for her husband. She advocated for her son, not just in, like with the, you know, like a coworker or like a family member or like a partner or a friend. She advocated for herself against the entire monarchy, the British monarchy. The fam. And- she advocated against the fam. <laughs> the fam. <laughs> 
Um, and I just like, if she can do that, I can do anything. Um, and knowing, I think too, not just what she did within the Oprah video, but within the um, interview, like hearing all of the times that she did try to advocate for herself and like she just got pushed down um, and like she was, she wasn't allowed to leave her room um, in Kensington Palace or wherever she lived because she was being talked about too much and her presence was oversaturating the media. She's like, that's not my fault. Um, or she like was severely struggling with depression and anxiety and goes and asks them for help and doesn't get it. Um, but I think it, what was clear was that although there weren't people in the higher upper echelon of the royal family, her husband was there for her. And I'm sure that she had friends who were also there for her. I mean, let's talk about Tyler Perry, who was just like, hey, hang in my house and take my security. Um, and I think that one of the things that I took away from that was as strong as Megan had to be, I think she was made stronger by the people she had around her to support. Yeah, that's good. I feel like I was watching it and I was kind of like pretty similar to what you're saying, just in awe of like the fact that the it's the monarchy, it's the, the royal family, like the amount of power and I don't know, even control they have and like even just seeing all the things that are being said about Megan after she told her truth and her story I'm like I just cannot get over how much courage and strength and resolve that took to be willing to tell your story even though you know that people might not believe you people are going to say things about you like they've always been saying about you and I'm like I feel like it took me a long time to learn how to advocate for myself and I'm still working on it and I don't know I think just seeing her ability to do that despite the risk I'm like it's it's so public and I'm I think it's it's just so encouraging hopefully to a lot of women because at least for me I'm like okay I'm struggling to advocate for myself for like in like a one romantic relationship here like in one friendship here like sometimes at work with my coworkers, and I'm like so worried about maybe what I'm risking or what I'll lose if I set a boundary with my family or I'll set a boundary within a friendship and then I guess seeing her ability to love herself enough to to risk everything she risks by speaking out and telling her truth I'm like okay I feel like I can do anything <laughs> I know the sheer like the idea of she knew the media frenzy that came after her when she ate an avocado because she was having morning sickness so she knew what I mean she could have I, you can't imagine, but like she knew what she was going into in terms of the, the backlash, the inevitable backlash that she was going to get from telling her story. And I think so often it can be really easy to think about all of the negatives that can come out of advocating for yourself or the potential for um, like the, the initial fear of Chelsea, exactly what you're saying. Like, what would happen if I set this boundary? What happens if I tell someone that this is how I'm feeling? What happens if I start this conversation? Um, mm -hmm. And so going into things and knowing and already kind of thinking through what could be um, is hard enough. And then once you do it, there's definitely positive support for Megan and Harry, but with every one positive comment with every 100 positive comments even like there's one negative comment and the negatives can can really stick to you so i cannot imagine being in the playing field that she's in and still having the ability to advocate for all that she did i think this story one it's like i think we just missed seeing her and hearing from her so it was just kind of like nice because it's like ah you've done like we for like months were so hyped that you were going to be the princess and you married like hot, hot Harry over here. So like we were really 
watching her and then she did she just kind of disappeared and I think that's interesting too when she was talking about like her friends were like Megan like are you okay because we weren't hearing from her for so long so it was so anticipated um kind of the the interview itself I do I think ultimately there's just like some key core elements that we can all model from the experience and I do think that it's like when you let fear control your life then like you live a smaller life because of that and I argue that like she had nothing to lose from doing this because she already lost everything and I always kind of joke I'm like you have nothing to lose but your dignity and when somebody's already smeared that like <laughs> you're, you're kind of like I have I have to do this this is I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to writing my history or my her story um, of how this went down um, and not, not continuing to let somebody else take my narrative. So by no means do I think, you know, she probably felt that convicted to tell the story the whole time, but I think she said it. And if there's always these, like, there's little seeds along the whole thing that like the story is clear as day. She's like, how do you think they could not like expect us to say anything when the, now they're perpetuating the falsehoods? She's like, that was the brink. We had no intention to do anything of this nature. None of what's happened we had intentions to do. And then um, I think the, the, the thing that gets a lot of people in advocating for themselves, not only being driven by fear, but it's that a lot of times people don't know what they need. And so because they, they, there's a fear of if I ask somebody for something and I don't know what I need, then somehow I'm not entitled to whatever that space is. And I think a lot of people and a lot of girls I hear or women, um, I hear just being like, well, I don't want to ask for that because I'm like, I'm not sure about what I need or like, I'm not sure what this is going to do. And I'm like, I just think that because you feel that way, it's enough. <laughs> that if you feel uncomfortable in a way, if you feel like something's happening that's shysty, if it's suspect, like, I think that's enough. People have made decisions on less <laughs> for decades. Like we, people don't really, I don't think people, I don't think women, you know, are, are have a lot of examples at which we got to be impulsive. So we think that we don't get to like, just have these essential, you know, in, intuitions about a situation and then be able to ask for time to figure that out. And I feel like everybody thinks when they advocate for their need, they have to have it all completed out. And I think that was Megan's thing. I think the juxtaposition of her work being dedicated to women's rights, had she not had that, I don't think she would have been able to get through this because even in that moment, she didn't know what she needed, but she knows she needed something. She knew something was wrong. And I think that's what people get caught up in is like, okay, you have this crisis moment, you know, something's wrong, but you don't know what you need, but that's where you surround yourself with people who support you that that's enough that they say, okay, well, I don't know either, but we're going to figure it out together. And I think um, the beautiful part for me was at the end when her and Harry both kind of shared that they felt like they saved each other. And I'm like, that's, that's humility right there, that it wasn't one was a shining armor. It's when we say we're better together, like that's what we mean is that we can look at each other and say like our love, what we've created saved each other. And that's how we know it's bigger than both of us as individuals. I really liked what you said about fear. Like if you're living your life in fear, you're living such a small life. And I I think it took me a long time to realize that like I grew up being this like introverted um shy people pleasing Enneagram 2 um and if you don't know the Enneagram the two is called the helper so I'm like I can identify someone's I mean I sometimes think that I could identify someone's needs just by looking at them <laughs> but I'm like no idea what I need. Could not tell you how you can best support me. Could not tell you like how to show up for me and refuse to ever ask for help or ask for what I needed because I was just like, I, I think, I think that a lot of women feel like, I mean, society kind of tells us that our, our role as a woman is to like serve others and like put other people's needs for ourselves and I I think that when I was younger I really took that to heart and I was like okay um like this is 
my job is just to like sacrifice myself for others and and I think like my religion played a big role in that which could be a podcast episode on its own um but just like growing up thinking that asking for what I needed was selfish and I could not be selfish because I wanted to be like well liked by other people and I wanted to show up for other people and I think that those things to some extent aren't bad like I do want to show up for my friends and my family and love them to the best of my ability but you can't do that if you aren't getting your own needs met and you aren't able to have that reciprocity of like I can show up for you but I also need x y and z to like be the best version of me and I think so much of that was fear driven of like fear that of how people will respond when I ask for what I need and fear of not being the most liked person in the room if I do set a boundary and ask for what I need so I think to your point of of just like I mean, what is there to lose like if you're already giving so much of yourself away then you literally have nothing to lose at that point and I was I think I I finally got to a point where I was like I don't even know who I am anymore because I've like lost all ability to advocate for myself and for my needs and so I think I can really understand where Megan was coming from where when she was like we had to do something like we couldn't keep doing this well and I think too Chelsea going off of that and what you said in our last episode the idea that you all of the descriptor words that you use to identify yourself with had to do with the way that you were interacting with someone else. Yeah. Rather than them being just who you are as a, as a person and like what you can provide. And so I think it's an, it's so easy to get lost in the sauce when you, you're just, when you're lost, like when you don't know (laughs) what you deserve, when you don't know the way that not only you can be there for other people, but what you need back in return. I think this idea that women not knowing what they need has started, has been cultivated from like the very beginning. And so we at 23, 24 years old are trying to re like reverse all of this damage that has already been done and the stories that have been told to us and the assumptions that have been made. Um, But I also kind of going back to like that initial question, I also think one of the things that's important, uh, why Women's History Month is so important is for the future generations of women who are coming up and like having that be instilled a part of an instilled part of our culture is vital. Having people like Meghan Markle, having people like Rachel Lindsay speaking up for themselves. Um, But also I think Rachel Lindsay Um, I think she also demonstrates like knowing what she needs to do in order to maintain a sense of like health. And if you're getting lots of comments on your Instagram, you deactivate it. Even if that is like a place of your livelihood, um, just knowing what is going to allow you to enter into life most whole and taking a break is not a bad thing. Yeah, and then there's like the dark other side of this and the underbelly that like the fear is also very real when like your life is in threat. And um, it's a really uncomfortable topic, I think, for most to talk about, but it's one of those things that, you know, there there was so many things circulating on social media about this, of all the cautions and things that uh, women think about. And, you know, I feel like there's so many double whammies to all of this and it's an opportunity to tell more stories because you know everybody's identities intersect with how they live their life in so many other ways so those things you know that women are just kind of conditioned and socialized to be cautious of of you know 
Um, if you're alone, sitting in a car and you tell your girlfriends that all the time, like Chelsea knows I had the like weirdest story from uh, the DMV one time where like I got followed mm-hmm. out to my car by the guy that was helping me. And he was just like watching me sit in my car. And like in that moment, everything's happening so quickly that like you're just processing so much, but it, you're thinking about like all these things as a woman and you don't tell those stories all the time because they don't feel great. Like they don't, you don't want to scare your family. You also think about all the things you could have done. You think about what could have happened. <laughs> like you start to play. And so there is that really big underbelly that I think because of that has made it harder for women to advocate because you just don't know um, quite the level of, you know, your actual physical safety at times. And that can even be in the workplace of you don't know how somebody's going to respond. And if you're telling them that you made them, that they made you feel uncomfortable, then they might go out of their way to make you feel even more uncomfortable. And we see those stories come up and we have to make sure that we make space for us to bring them into our life. Cause it's not just that that's happening to her over there. Um, it's happening to plenty of women all the time. Uh, I remember I was at a mall one time when I was like in high school and I thought I was being followed and I just like took off running because that was just like my knee jerk reaction. And like, I, it wasn't, it was after the mall, everybody was going <laughs> kind of around, but like that was the level of paranoia that like everything shifts in your body um, because of what we know happens. So I feel like there, we have to make space for us to also recognize why we get so, so succumbed by fear because there absolutely is that true safety factor to some of this work. Um, not some of this work, work as being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> just for our lives. <laughs> but we want to you know make this even more nitty-gritty and kind of talk about how we've advocated for our needs in different types of relationships because it does show up so differently in work and romance and just friendships and so we're going to jump into some some story times Chelsea do you want to kick us off with the juicy the romance the ooh la la ooh la la i would love to i feel like i've been talking about romance so much lately but i mean laney is the one who's meeting all the new people right now apparently uh, and I, I, and she was so <laughs> quick to be like i got a work story i was like okay <laughs> I, did, I did not specify that the people that i've been meeting recently are romantic I just need to put that out there. You're right. You're right. But assumptions were made. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Because then in a couple of weeks, she's going to be like, oh, got him. <laughs> so maybe out of the five she's been meeting, one of them hasn't, you know, has been romantic. So she's like, well, statistically, the majority. Uh, so it wasn't trying to make a generalization about the rest. All I need is one, man. All I need is one. But I'm not on the hot seat right now. Charles, I'll send you back to it. Oh, man. Way to call me out. I feel like I've kind of touched on my inability to not be able to advocate for myself. But um, I think in the last couple of years, thanks in part to the two of you um, and some amazing friends slash mentors slash people that love me well, I feel like I'm learning more and more how to ask for what I need, how to um, stop worrying about the way that someone's going to respond when I ask for that. Because like, ultimately, it's like, if I am in a romantic relationship or situationship, and I ask for what I need, and they can't show up for me in that way, then like, I learned sooner rather than later that they're just not the person for me. Um, so I think most recently my my story time would be just being I was talking slash dating this guy and we things were going really well for the first couple of dates and I was like wow this is really sweet like we've dived into a lot of these like deeper topics like um family and politics and religion and all of these things and it seemed like we were really vibing and then 
he kind of started challenging me to like have more conversations about faith and religion and some purity culture and and we're talking about all of these things and I'm like starting to advocate for myself and for what I was learning in all of those areas of my life and I'm like explaining things to him and um, kind of trying to hold space to understand where he was coming from while also explaining my perspective because we had very differing perspectives on all of these topics and all of a sudden it kind of felt like he was trying to prove me wrong and trying to gaslight me and trying to tell me that my feelings were invalid and I was like oh my gosh like for the first couple of times that happened I had no idea what was happening um and I would just like leave our conversations being so confused because I was like I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable but I know I do and I think that goes to Lexi's point of like sometimes you don't even know what you need but you know that you don't feel good and I was like I know I don't feel good right now um which is not really a quality that I'm looking for in a significant other um and so I like took some time to process to think through and I was like okay what I need from this boy is for him to not have these conversations with me from a place of trying to prove me wrong or try to like sell me on his side of the story but rather to hear me out like have a discussion about our different perspectives and then like respect and appreciate me for where I'm coming from and what I bring to the table and we sat down to like have this conversation where I basically said all those things to him and I was like you don't have to answer me right now but I just would like for you to think about it and get back to me and tell me if that's something that you can show up for me with or if like you really think you are so right and I'm so wrong that like anytime we have conversations like this it's gonna leave me feeling less than and doubtful of myself um And I was, I think I was shaking and sweating throughout that entire conversation because I think that is one of the most clear moments of me telling someone that I like, like, that if they couldn't show up for me in this way, then I was going to have to remove myself from this situation. And I don't think I've ever been that vocal about it before. Um, And he ended up not being able to show up for me in the ways that I needed. And so I had to end it. Um, but as hard and uncomfortable as that situation was, I'm, I'm like, I guess grateful because I proved to myself that I could do it. But I'm sad that a man put me in a position to which I had to do that. If that makes sense. Oh, and we love to end our sentences with, if that makes sense, don't we? I know. (laughs) I was like, I regret that. No, I think that that, I think A, that that does make sense. And B, I, I think what's even more beautiful about all of that is like, not only did you advocate for yourself, I would say in numerous conversations and in the way that you heard what he had to say, but, yeah. for you, but for you to also then like maintain that and not just advocate for yourself and saying, this is what I need. Can you do it? But for him to say no and for you and for you to be like, I'm going to continue to advocate for myself, not just in this conversation where I've told you what I need, but by saying, this is not good for me. I can't have you be in my life. Yeah. And I, I think there's maybe this is just me but I think there's kind of this weird thing of like advocating for myself in romantic relationships feels so different from like friendships or family or um at work and I think it's because so many I guess like the romantic feelings are involved in like and and maybe some aspects of it being a man and you you don't always know how man is going to respond when you 
advocate for yourself or I don't know I think advocating for myself in romantic relationships still feels kind of weird so often because it's like I really put myself out there and it's like he can't show up for me in this way then I think it could be it used to be really easy for me to doubt myself in like in future romantic relationships like am I ever going to meet someone who can show up for me or who can respond well to me advocating for myself or explaining what I need. I was just thinking about that idea when you were talking about it and the how much easier it is to do something a second time when you've had a positive experience, but regardless how much easier it is to do it a second time if you've done it the first time. And so like you may not have had the most positive experience with this guy, but then you also have been feeling way more comfortable just saying exactly what your belief system is, what your opinions are on things, how you feel. And people I do think are, are like living into that even more and just respecting, respecting you and what you have to say. And then you, you also value that more, which it's like, what, what standards we have that like, we just love the fact (laughs) that someone can respect us. But like, I I think that that's part of it too, is like, you've, you've done it this time. And so the, this next time has been easier. The next time, the next, next time will be even easier. That's true. I know now it's kind of a hobby. I'm like, make me advocate for myself, please. Who's next in the practice ring? Yeah, it's a muscle. You got to work it out. And then, but I think, you know, this is, it's so, you said it, it's so different in different types of relationships. And you already touched on that. Like this one, there's so many factors that you're kind of balancing that go into the um, cost benefit analysis of like, is it even worth it to talk about this? Like, where's the best entry point? Stuff like that. But we're also making these decisions in lots of other spaces in our life too. And um, I feel like one that feels like it's also weighted pretty heavy because there's also so many other factors is work. And um, so anybody- My time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away. For me, work has never been a place that's been very easy to advocate for myself. Um, I'm not a super confrontational person. I am also an overthinker. And so I like to try and understand what people, what I'm going into and like what people are, what other people are going to be experiencing. Um, And just a little bit more of a, like, if I'm not having a good experience, if um, I need something or if I'm stressed out, I'll just kind of grin and bear it. But inevitably there are moments in which that's just not possible And last May, there was this one week where a lot happened. I mean, I had been told a couple days before that I could lose my job because we were low on funds with COVID. Um, I had just been broken up with. I was also working on a project that was four year end fundraising. And so in my mind, all of a sudden it becomes, if I don't do this project well, then no money's gonna come in. If no money comes in, then I'm for sure gonna lose my job. Um, And, oh, I don't know, we were in a pandemic. Um, And so I just was having a day where every single thing was making me break down. It just so happened that that day was the day of our weekly staff meeting. And I seriously considered texting or calling my two coworkers who I know very well um, that I wasn't going to be able to make it today, not feeling quite up to it. Like, can we reschedule? Not giving a lot of information, but something within me was like, see how you're feeling when the staff meeting comes. If you're still not feeling good, like, you know that you can regulate your emotions pretty well, like just kind of get through it. Um, And I think sometimes for me, it can be a lot easier to say what I need to strangers than to people that I know really well, because there's a part that's hard for me to open up and show people that like, I'm not, I'm not, it's not even that I think I'm perfect, but just that like, 
I have weaknesses, I guess, which is a lot to unpack, I'm sure, um, and not the day for it or the episode. But when we started, when we started the staff meeting call, it just became clear that I wasn't going to be able to make through it through this meeting. Um, and I just had to be super honest and super transparent with how I was feeling. And so of course the staff meeting opens and it's like the, how are yous, the what's going on? And I just very, very bluntly answered and was like, I have had a bad day. Here are some of the reasons. If I am not my normal energetic, bubbly self, if I seem completely disengaged, that's why I don't know that I'm gonna be able to really make it through this call. And in response, my coworkers not only said like, let us know how we can help you like prioritize your life. Let us figure out if there's any way that we can help you in the ways that we can help you. But also they said, you being honest, you opening up about the way that you're feeling and, and still also showing up makes us feel so much more comfortable and confident doing that later on. And that deeply impacted me, I think, for me, for in, in any situation, but especially in work, I think to have had such a positive reaction from them and to know that I know that I didn't instantly feel better, like emotionally, because I had advocated for myself in that moment. I felt much better later on. I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I had I hadn't tried to force it and I hadn't tried to just stuff whatever I was feeling down. But also I felt better because like I knew that it was going to make things better in the long run too with us as a staff. And so I think that like learning how to stick up for yourself, if even if this is how you have to think about it as like Charles was saying, where it's like, we have to think about the other people in our lives. Like there's an aspect of advocating that is like immensely good for you. And there's also an element of advocating that I think we've talked about with like Meghan Markle and her standing up for herself and like, like the, um, her story and like listening to all of these women and their platforms and just the empowering nature that that can be for other people. I know my story is a very insignificant, like ripple effect compared to other people, but it's still a ripple effect and it's significant to me. Um, and so I think that like that comparison element also can't be a part of advocating for yourself because you can't think that your problem or your needs are not big enough for changing and asking for help or um, starting that conversation. Yeah, what do you mean it was like, it's not a, a, a big enough example. I feel like it doesn't, not everybody's advocating against the monarchy, right? So what's your version of that in your life? A place that you spend a majority of your time. So I would actually counter that with like, no, 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 no. It's huge and it's so big to be, especially in your workplace. So nice, nice try there. See what you tried, see what you tried there. But, um, and I think that's in a really important note that people need to realize like if it's a space that you're in and you're spending a majority of your time in, then it's actually paramount that that's a place that you're advocating for your needs. And then similarly, I think that the same goes for romantic when you're kind of choosing to like invest in this person and hopefully like long-term gains always. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> even myself who's like, oh, I'm not thinking about the future. Like you are, that's nice. That's funny. Like you're just not consciously aware of it. Like these are two places that are essential that we're flexing that muscle. But I have to ask you like after advocating or after like that moment of transparency and just being like real and kind of not saying what they needed to do differently. You didn't kind of roll out the, the receipts of like, actually, I'd love if you didn't look at me this way. I'd love if you signed all of our emails off with like warm kisses and love, <laughs> like, but just kind of opened it. But did you feel like that was flexing the muscle and you have now been able to do that more in that space? For sure. This past year has been a big one for me with vulnerability and seeing all of the wonderful things that can come of it. Because I, I've had a number of conversations with people where I've decided to just be honest with how I'm feeling, even if I'm like, 
oh, it's been so long since this, like since X, Y, or Z happened and yet I'm still feeling this way. I shouldn't be feeling this way or I've already talked people's ears off about this experience and I don't want to bother them is how I think I would have seen it before. And I still think that, but I think now having had experiences like that and many others within the workplace that were, I, I would say like bigger deals. I, I think for, that's the thing is that sometimes it has to be those little, I mean, we, we always say Lainey's like an incremental change kind of girl. And I like <laughs> to have those initial moments. I think they're vital um, for me to just be like, that was a really positive experience because of the way that I approached it. And even if they hadn't responded well, I know that it would have been helpful for me to have just gotten that off of my chest. Um, and I also, as we, we talk about Enneagrams, as an Enneagram six, I constantly have to remind myself of success stories because my initial thought can be what could go wrong this is what could happen. But being able to have that experience and remember moments, write them down, like literally in my in my notes app and being able to go back and look at moments in which I stood up for myself or I took a leap of faith or I gave someone the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so that for sure is one of those stories that helps me, helps to remind me that I can do it for the next time. Yeah, I always think about like Brene Brown's little jar of marbles, especially when it comes to Enneagram six, <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> if you think you get their whole chest from the jump, you are <laughs> just so wrongly misled, which like is very different because I think with a two, you definitely get like the whole enchilada. It's like, do what you want with it. <laughs> it's been an honor. All the sides, all the toppings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Before, oh, it's before like, you even know the person, it's like wait, 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 wait. But then with the six, it's like it's like there was they they responded well today. <laughs> Here's a marvel. <laughs> it's like you gotta put in major work before you're like really all in and feel like it's that safety um, for you yeah it's it's complicated it's a it's a commitment honestly to yourself to um be consistent showing up in spaces in this way because it's it's not easy it doesn't it, it you know it, hopefully it does get easier but work just is a different type of environment that you have to navigate and you're kind of where you sit on that podium of the power dynamic is also really interesting i think as young professionals not a lot of us are entering top tier unless you're like running your own business, which is a whole different thing. But um, a lot of us aren't entering where we get to create that environment and culture. If anything, we're having to ascribe to somebody else's. And so um, finding places in which we can still be ourselves in that is, I think, essential to our longevity and sustainability in workspaces. And I think can turn really toxic really quick if there ends up being like some core differences. Um, cough, cough, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, that one, I felt that one. <laughs> um, okay, so the last dynamic of it all is uh, really friendships. And so I'll take this one, which I think is actually pretty ironic because I'm sitting here thinking about like, all right, when does this happen? And part of my MO, and I feel like now I have to tell everybody my Enneagram, like, because <laughs> apparently it's the blueprint <laughs> how somebody operates, but I'm a nine. And uh, I think most of my friends would argue that, like, I don't share my needs. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody gets <laughs> to help me, but not in a, like, um, trying to withhold something from people or, like, being spiteful in it. Uh, I think Chelsea was the first one that really, I think Chelsea living with me got a really up close um, uh, experience of that, like, I just meet my own needs quicker than what other people meet them. And so when I do get to a place where I have to advocate for my needs and friendships, you know that like so many other signs have been missed. <laughs> like we know that it's it's like crisis mode, like I'm, I'm big mad, but something has happened 
So when I think about it, and I know this person listens to our podcast, and he's gonna be so mad at me for telling this story. <laughs> but I and I don't, I'm I'm just inviting him to have an, a wonderful experience of listening to somebody tell a story of how impactful their moment was, because I'm sure he's gonna be like, I cannot believe you did that. <laughs> but um. Um, the experience was, okay, so like I said, I'm really good about just kind of showing up myself and whole in situations. And I'm, I argue that I'm a pretty chill person, pretty easygoing. And it's just not what I think relationships or friend. I've never seen friendships as that of just like, I need to lean on them for a lot of things. I think a lot of my time with people is just like, I have a really great time with them. So like, cool, I want to, if I have a really great time with you, why would I not spend more time with you? And then comes a friendship. It's not that I'm coming with you for my needs. Uh, but this is an experience where I think the biggest lesson learned was when it's not received and you just need time because nobody that neither party really knew what their needs were and so just needed that time to figure it out and you felt like you lost something but in reality the relationship came back stronger so I've been friends with this person since my sophomore year in college and he was like one of the first people I met on campus and so we have like this hilarious story of how that happened and we we started just hanging out it was really great really positive fast forward um, to our senior year and it was just like a lot of that kind of back and forth of like I've gone abroad I'm back you know what have you been doing with your life and um, I think also friendships that are the opposite sex are always something interesting to navigate too because I just think they're like communication style differences but either way um, very quickly just felt like the time spent was very much just focused on him and his stories and I wasn't feeling the support. And I think the biggest thing that bothered me was I would always hear life updates from other people about him. And, but I spent so much time with him that I'm like, why don't you tell me these things that like, that are obviously like huge deals, but like, and it, you know, so much of senior year is just kind of like helping pump each other up for what's next. And so I was like, that's, that's not the type of friendships that I want is if you're not being fully transparent. Cause it was like, that seems like it's wasting my time. And what I'm not in the business of is wasting my time. So I just kind of like stopped reaching out and just was like, that was my boundaries. I was like, I just don't feel like if, if that's how you're showing up in spaces and I don't feel like I need to be in space with you. So I just kind of made distance. And then we were at a bar one night and I was with one of my friends and he comes up and he's like, Hey, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, I was like, I'm not really effing with you right now. And I was like, this is not the time nor the place to have the conversation, but like, I'm not going to even pretend like we're cool because you've hurt my feelings. And I was like, but I don't want to talk about it right now. Immediately. No, let's talk about it. What do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no. I was like, this is a bigger conversation. I was like, leave, like get out of my face. And anybody who knows me knows like, I really am. Like, I won't hesitate to be like, get out of the way um especially with homeless people <laughs> uh, Chelsea and Lainey always you always see me be like when we're walking down the street or something if anybody's trying to bother us I'm like go away um, <laughs> my, my favorite thing we were sitting in like our, our one of our downtowns and we were just enjoying ourselves eating breakfast and this guy is just kind of hovering and Lexi's in the middle of a story. Like we're, of course, you know us at this point, we get, we get pretty deep, pretty fast in our conversations. And she just is midway, like, you know, saying something incredibly beautiful and eloquent and just turns and she's like, can I please help? Like, can I help you? What do you need? <laughs> and she was you, like, you so like, kind of, I don't even know what the word is. Lexi is just more like, do you need something? <laughs> greatest part is that it is both said directly a question is asked as a statement and so they know not to even really answer they just can kind of move along and so that's <laughs> what you were looking for from this person but they did not give that back to you exactly exactly so they they yeah so we had the encounter at the bar and I was like I I just kind of set my boundaries for it and when I tell you fast forward uh till graduation like that happened at the beginning of senior year and like that was not there was no reach back out to be like hey blah 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 like we should talk it was just nothing it was silence 
it was absolute silence. So I was like, cool, I was right. That what the relationship we had wasn't substantial, didn't have the substance that I thought it was. And it wasn't a good investment for my time. And I take that as a way of me advocating of like, no, 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 no. You one, don't get to run up on me in casual spaces to dictate when we have this conversation, when I'm the one who has, you know, feelings kind of inflicted on them. And then three, just like, I don't feel like I need to go out of my way to rectify the situation. Because again, I feel like I'm not losing anything. But granted, that year went by and it was like, dang, like we had like, we were usually like each other's go-to for so many things. We had so many fun instances and we would see each other in spaces all the time. And it was just kind of that like, yeah, like, I know that we're not on good terms. Fast forward to graduation and he's going to hate me for saying this, but I saw his mother and his mother loves and adores me. And she says, she says that I saw her and I stopped her, but I'm convinced that she stopped me and was like, it's so good to see you. Like, I'm so like bummed that like, I don't feel like y'all are close enough or anything like that. And so then later on in, in festivities of graduation, we again ran, in, ran into each other after hours of um, all the festivities. And I was like, I ran into your mom. And I was like, it just threw me back to all the nostalgia. And that opened the door for us to finally have that conversation of like what went wrong. And we were able to that summer just really sit down and like piece out what both of us were going through. And that even though we couldn't articulate why it was so difficult to be in relationship with each other and, and be supportive friends, like the types of friends that we wanted to be to each other, we knew something was missing, but neither of us knew what we needed to ask from the other person to get back on track. And there was just kind of this like, well, dang, like, I obviously hurt this person that hurts me because I care about you. And I felt ashamed, couldn't interact with you in that way. And I'm like, all I needed you to do was to just show that you cared enough that I was upset about something. And I think sometimes in friendships, that's really all you need is acknowledgement because it's not like this, I'm signing a marriage license with you or you pay my, you know, you pay my checks at the end of the month. Friendships are so much more complex because it's like, we're choosing each other mutually. So it's like, I don't need you to show up perfect and you don't pay my bills or do all that, but like you're a value add to my life. So I want to make sure that both of us are feeling that support for each other because we know we have all these external things happening. And it was like the best thing that we could have done. Being able to kind of click that restart on our friendship was like has made it so robust and like bountiful now hopefully I doubt he's even gotten to this far <laughs> before he's texted me being like you're a savage <laughs> but it's like it's just now we have this thing that's mature and it has opened up that avenue for communication which again I think is really hard with opposite sex friendships too because like just don't think you always communicate the same way but now that we've gone through that hardship it's something that we can always default now because we know we've done it and we keep saying that over and over again like once you do it and you get that positive reinforcement but I, I felt that like when you have to have time in between something and you don't know if it's ever going to come back and I think some people feel that in relationships too that like you you kind of leave it unsettled a little bit not knowing where it's going to land um but that was definitely an example of when advocating you know I've I've advocated and it didn't always go the way that I thought it should or could have gone but over time you know you continue to process through it and um, ultimately resulted in a better relationship that I couldn't even have fathomed before because I was very much okay with never speaking to this human again and now I'm like and like it's like a it's like a little if I say a little brother he's gonna be mad if I say a big brother it's gonna boost his ego so like just a good friend <laughs> but I think that that point about time is such a good one because there's the ability to reflect in this current state which is you've been through it happening and you being frustrated you've been through having that break but now you've also come you're on the other side of it and so you're able to be like I, you don't know how much time you need. And so it's not, you don't have to push anything, but when it comes 
to the point where you're engaging and you hear and you're like, you know what, we can have this conversation. I'm ready for this conversation. Like you don't have to push advocating for yourself just because it's supposed to be something good for you. Like there is that element of taking that necessary time and period of just, of just living your life and being like, you can be there and I can be here. And that's, and it's not that I'm not advocating or that I'm like not doing something that I should. Yeah. And I think that only adds to the complexities of all of this. Like, no, there's no blueprint for the right way to go about doing this, but it's really trusting yourself that the needs that you have deserve to be met in some capacity. And that's not always putting it on the other person to meet those needs. It's a lot about being able to hold space for yourself to meet those. Um, maybe that's just my self-advocacy <laughs> where I'm like, nobody can do it better than you can. So if you can get yours first, then it's going to be better. But Chelsea hears me say that all the time, which <laughs> perks of living with me in a, in a room friendship. <laughs> um which is really, Which is like that's awesome. a whole other podcast, Chelsea, right? Us living together? Yeah, and like when you live with a whole other human, but like you're not in a relationship with them, but you're just like, yes. do adulthood together. Now that's, awkward. if you really think about it, that's awkward. <laughs> that is awkward. And I'll just say, being a two who is like, tell me your needs, living with a nine who is like, I have no need do not help me. I'm like, what? <laughs> so this is sitting me like, so what am I gonna do? <laughs> so how do I spend my time now? <laughs> but it's worked out great, hopefully. Um, yes, I think that's been a, a big part of my learning how to like identify my own needs within myself and learn how to better show up for myself like you're saying that's such an important part of it too just like being able to hold that space for you without consideration of anyone or anything else like put you first sometimes like advocate for yourself to yourself and then like I feel like that kind of spreads outward to the people around you Beautiful. Drops mic. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> Re, retweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I think, all the awkward things that we've tried to navigate in the past, they're not easy. There are lots of crunchy moments. We're imperfect in the ways, but it's important. And that's, and that's all that it is. And we got some good peoples behind us that will hold us accountable for, for all of those things. Amen. Couldn't do it. It takes a village. It's just what I consistently tell myself about my life. That part, that part. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and listening to us process out loud talk about how to advocate, um, go through all the hot topics. We will see you next time. Love you. Thank you.